is titled A Clean Slate. Can you guys say a clean slate? A clean slate. And for this message, I'm going to be talking about a boat. A boat? What? What boat? Um, there's a couple boats in the Bible, I guess, so we'll wait and see what it is. But when I was thinking of boats, just in general, in preparing this message, I recently, well, I thought of a, mess, of a, a moment in my head that's very recent, it's very fresh, uh, because, well, you'll see why. It was quite painful. This summer, or I guess it was at the beginning of September, I went out for boat day. Anyone, anyone just love boat days? Like, ever been on a boat, go tubing, go uh, wakeboarding? Maybe you're just on a pontoon, you're just floating out there. Maybe you just dream of going on a boat, cruise ships, whatever it could be. And I don't know, I haven't been on one of those, but it was, it was boat day. And I was so excited. I hadn't been tubing in a long time, but I've been tubing quite a few times in my, in my day. And so I was super excited to be able to tube and be with my friends while we were doing it. And the driver of the boat was none other than Mr. Joppio Robia in the back. So uh, you guys could see I was quite scared for my life at the point when I found out he was driving the boat. I was a little bit concerned. Uh, and so, but you know, I let those concerns fly. I let them fly by because I wanted to enjoy what? Boat day! Yeah, 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 you got it, you got it. So I'm so excited for boat day. And I'm, I'm on this boat, and, and Joppy's like, Sky, you're like the only person on this boat that's been tubing before. And I was like, no way, that's crazy. There's only like six of us on the boat, you know? So it's like, the, low, the, chances, were, the chances were high. So I was like, great. He's like, do you want to go first? <laughs> of course I do. I love, I love tubing. I love what? Tubing. Oh, boat day, boat day. But tubing is also correct. Tubing is also correct. <laughs> love, love me a good boat day. So I like get out in the water, I've got my little life jacket on, I'm just as happy as can be. Like just picture happy sky and I'm, I'm the happiest salmon there ever was out there. Like honestly, honestly I'm out there just flopping around. The funny thing is, I wasn't even gonna tell this part of the story. I went out there with Janelle <laughs> and as soon as, as soon as we got on and he kind of even did an inch forward with the boat, Janelle just fell straight forward into the water. Gave up, didn't get back on the tube and swam to the boat. So there we go Janelle, hello. So, yeah, Janelle! Ooh. So I was out there by myself. I was going to go with a friend, and here I am now by myself. And so I'm just out there smiling, and he starts, and he's going. He's going kind of fast, and I'm like, oh, I'm holding on, holding on. You guys see these arms? They're not big. <laughs> I don't lift. You can tell. They look like not even tree trunks. They look like the twigs on the tree. And so I'm out there just holding on with all I got, smiling, just a happy little salmon out there flopping around. And for some reason, Joppy chose death. Like, he just decided, I want to murder Sky today. And this man, this man takes the hardest turn I have ever, I've been tubing multiple times in my day. Multiple times. And I had said that I had gone tubing. But I'm not a WWE fighter. I do not have muscles for days. So he takes this incredibly hard turn. And I just go, I just go flying. And I go smack first into the water. My face hits so hard. And you know what else? I feel my pants come off. So there I am. <laughs> and I, I pulled him up fast. I pulled him up fast. But I was like, Oh my 
gosh, like that's how hard I was wrecked out there on that boat. My literal pants fell off. I'm just out in that lake. And, and honestly, I thought I was dead for a second. And so when I came out of the water, I just kind of flipped over. You know, I'm in my life vest. I kind of feel like a little turtle that got flipped. And I'm just laying there looking at the sky, just like wondering if this is heaven or if I'm still a little bit on the verge of, of life. And I, I just sat there. I didn't even try to move. I just waited for the boat to come to me, got back on, and I was like, oh, it's great. As I'm coughing up water, boat day. Boat day. All day. Boat day all day. Boat day all day. With that being said, I'm going to pray real fast, and we're going to get into why I'm even talking about boats in the first place, all right? Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that you have a purpose, you have a plan, you have something new that you want to present to each and every one of these students, God. I don't know what they came in here with, what they've been experiencing in this past week, Lord, but I just pray all distraction would just go in your name, Lord, that you, what you want to say will just penetrate their hearts, that they will not leave the same as they came into this room. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and everyone said amen. 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 Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Genesis 6. Genesis 6. So, if you're not already clued in when I say Genesis and boat, I'm going to be talking about Noah. And not that Noah. Noah and his ark. That Noah doesn't have an ark, but boat day. Am I right? Genesis 6. We're going to start verse 9. Genesis 6, verse 9. Uh, NLT, I think. I will also add the two T's of harvest use. Take notes and talk back. Take notes, talk back, write down things you'll think you'll forget tomorrow. Make sure that they are there for you to either use for yourself later or use for a friend that might need some encouragement down the road. And talk back. I want to hear you. You guys have been doing a pretty good job. Boat day, am I right? So, yeah, thank you. Um, so, so, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. Boat day. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to start verse 9. I'm going to start reading now, okay? It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. wonder if your name was Ham. You know, that would just be unfortunate. Anyways, verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. I'm going to skip to verse 17 now. It says, I'm going to bring the floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, bless you, male and female, to keep them alive. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to keep every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. And Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. There we go. Good job, Noah. Way to do everything God commanded you to do. Psych, not you. Other Noah. With a boat. Boat day. So, um, guys, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Maybe you, maybe you remember this. Maybe you don't. 
were you guys told when you were in kindergarten? Go back in your mind. Close your eyes. Just go back. Go back to kindergarten in your mind. And on the wall, is there not some type of chart to keep track of all the good and the bad things you've done that day? Maybe there's like a, a green, yellow, and red light. Maybe there's like little popsicle sticks that go into, into the little pockets on the, on the wall. Man, well, I'm sorry you missed out on that opportunity. But I'm at least going to, going to present this to you. Andrew gave me a little boat day. Cute. I was just thinking about these, about these, these things and, and how excited I was, honestly, at the end of every week. Because at the end of every week, what happened to that chart? It would, it would keep track of all the maybe bad things or the good things that you did. But at the end of every week, it was wiped clean, a clean slate. It went way back to the way that it was before. It was great, too. Because even if you made a mistake and you felt bad about it or you really didn't want your mom to see it or something was like, it just like hurt your heart that you did something. I don't know where you guys were in kindergarten, but that was how I was. And so I'd stare at that chart just waiting for the end of the week for it to be wiped clean. And it was every single time. All of your mistakes are virtually washed away. And this is what God did with the world. He literally started over. I want to ask you guys and think in your mind, what would you do if you were given a clean slate? Just of, just of everything in your life, what would you do if you were given a clean slate? Would you take advantage of it and try to be different? Would you continue doing the same things because now you don't have those marks against you? Man, when you get pulled over and you get a ticket for too much money, you got to go to a driving school to get it taken off your record. And just so that you can start with a clean slate and not have to pay more insurance, that's great. It's worth waiting for you once you have your license, everyone. It's so much fun. What would you do if you were given a clean slate? I'm going to read this verse to you guys. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's interesting, when I was reading this story, I had never really made the connection how the story of Noah honestly really gives us a cool, interesting picture of what God offers with Jesus and salvation. What God offered with Jesus dying on the cross. All wickedness, all sin, all our mistakes, everything we've ever done against the Lord can be wiped away and we're offered a new start in Christ. In the same way that God chose Noah, he kind of chooses each of us to get on the boat. I wanted to tell this story because I, it's like scary but also funny. I don't even know if it's funny, to be honest. It might be funny to you guys. But um, another occasion... Uh, where Joppy was there, but it didn't really matter that Joppy was there. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You're right here. I'm looking at you. It didn't matter. <laughs> um, but I didn't know duly noted. But we decided to go to uh, a bunch of us decided to go see the sunrise on the beach one day. A bunch of the young adults from, from Harvest decided to go out and watch the sunrise, and it was so great. We were out there chilling with donuts. We were just playing funny music, singing songs, watching the sunrise. And we go, I wonder what the water feels like. 
because it's kind of getting cold outside, but we were like, I wonder what it feels like. It's probably cold. We get up there. The water is toasty. We were like, dang, the water feels so good. None of us bought our bathing suits, but we're looking out at the water, and it just looks so great. The sun rises out there, and I'm like, and someone goes, I think I see a sandbar. I think I see a sandbar out there. And we're like, oh, no way. That's great. Like, there's a sandbar out there. We should go swim to it. So a bunch of us get in the water, and we just start swimming. And guys, I'm like a decent swimmer. I like swimming. I, I don't have the swimmer shoulders. I didn't swim in high school. There's nothing like that. But I enjoy swimming. I've been swimming since I was very young. And so I'm out in this ocean, and we're all out there, and we're just going for it. We are getting to that sandbar. It is The water is warm. We're in our full clothing, but it is so much fun. It's like the most iconic moment I've ever experienced, swimming at sunrise with my friends, fully clothed. It was just crazy. It was, like, it was fun, whatever. It started not getting fun when I realized that there was no sandbar coming up. <laughs> That as far as we were swimming out, it seemed like the area that looked like a sandbar kept just going further and further away. And I started noticing that I was getting tired. And my arms were hurting a little bit. And if you know me, I'm an asthmatic. Hello, my name's Skye. And I couldn't breathe very well. <laughs> I'm out there and, and I go, guys, we're all kind of waiting a little bit, like just kind of keeping ourselves afloat. Like, I don't think we're going to get to the sandbar anytime soon. I don't even know if there is a sandbar. And we are far out in the ocean. And I start to panic a little bit. And I'm like, I have to get, I got to get back. And the only person who could probably get me back to shore is Joffy, who's way over there. And I'm way over here. And, and I'm just out there. And I'm like, I'm like, I need to, I need to start swimming back. So I start swimming. I start swimming. And I notice the current's kind of pulling me a little bit out. But I'm swimming, and I'm swimming, and I'm getting even more tired. And it's starting to get scary. Like, I've never panicked before swimming in the ocean. I've never panicked before swimming in general. But at this moment, like, my heart started to race, and I started getting scared. And I was just swimming as hard as I could, and, and the water was pulling back. Guys, obviously, I'm alive, so I survived. <laughs> I'm here to tell the tale, so I made it. Sorry, I know you guys wanted me to die, but here I am, alive. But it scared the living daylights out of me. I thought I was a strong swimmer. I thought I could handle it on my own. And as soon as I was out there in deep water where I couldn't touch the ground, I'm a, I'm a tall gal, I couldn't touch the ground, I was getting tired and my arms were hurting so bad and I was frightened. I don't know. I didn't have a tape measure at that time. Let me say this. Let me say this, you guys. Some of us have been offered, some of us have been offered life with Christ. I'd say all of you because I recognize all your faces, and I have told the story of Jesus. I have explained the gospel to you all, and you have been offered new life in Christ each week at least that you've been here at youth, and some of you guys have accepted some of you guys have gone as far as to get baptized and make your, your uh, relationship with God public and say, I'm not going back to the way that I was. This is how I'm going to live. Some of you guys have accepted that. But at this point in time, if you reflect, perhaps you have not been walking as faithfully with Christ as you would like to be. 
Just sit, each and every one of you, look at me in the face. And just think to yourself, have I been walking as faithfully with Christ as I have wanted to be? And I don't want to say this as like, shame on you. I think I look at myself the same way sometimes. And I look at myself and in in, honestly, the boat that I've been offered to get on, the boat that's going to save me from, from my own destruction, from my own choices. And I've decided to like jump off the boat and see how well I could swim. And sometimes like I'm out there swimming and it feels good and it's sunrise and I'm just out there and it's a great time. But when I realize that my feet can't touch the ground and I'm tired and I'm struggling and honestly it was unnecessary like, I didn't have to swim out that far. But I'm struggling. It's a necessary struggle. And I was thinking about our relationships with Jesus, our, our lives and, and how we live and the decisions that we make, the lives we live, the, the things that go on with us. And I feel like some of us are unnecessarily struggling. Like, we've decided that we can do life on our own. We've decided that we don't need anybody else. We don't need to talk to anybody about our problems. We don't need to go to church because we're fine. We're feeling okay. We don't need to surround ourselves with friends who love the Lord because I'm good on my own. I've been reading my Bible once a week. Like, I'm fine. I've been going to youth. But then when things come up and you begin to, like, struggle unnecessarily because you've jumped off your boat that Jesus has offered you, it starts to get a little scary you start to almost panic a little bit. Like, how did I get here? It's like we don't trust that God has done what he said he will do, so we go back to how life was. But Genesis 9.14 says, When I send clouds over the earth, this is later, we didn't read this part, it says, When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And God says, I will remember my covenant with you and all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. Guys, God's promises, the new life that he's given you, the opportunities that he's offered to you here at youth, uh, at home, in your word, in your time with him, everything he's said is true. His promises are good, and he always comes through. You've been wiped clean. Like, your slate that you keep almost going back to and looking at, and you want to, like, put up all your mistakes on a wall and just keep focusing on those things, or maybe you just keep living the same exact way, they've been wiped clean. Like God flooded the earth to start new is like how he literally flooded each and every one of your lives when you said, Jesus, I want to follow you with all that I have. You've been wiped clean. You don't actually have to go back and live the same way. You don't have to jump off the boat. You're in a nice little comfy boat. Boat day. Am I right? Boat day. Stay in it. I'm going to say a couple quick things and we'll wrap this up, but... I wanted to, to ask you guys a simple question of what should life like look when God offers us a clean slate? Which is really what he offers in his son Jesus when he said, I'm going to send my son down to earth to die on a cross for you to rise again so that you don't have to suffer in hell. You don't have to struggle anymore. Sin does not have to have power over you. The devil has no power over you. What does life look like when we accept that clean slate? And honestly, it looks like Noah's life. Maybe that Noah, but we're talking about Noah in the Bible, at least. It's the most beautiful picture of a faithful walk with Christ. He was the only faithful man on earth. Guys, I know there's some faithful Christ followers in this room. Imagine if there was literally one. 
He heard from God a crazy thing that he's going to flood the earth, and he listened. Didn't just hear him. He listened. And then when God said, build this boat, even though everyone's going to think you're crazy and you're building this boat in the middle of the forest and there's not a lot of rain, at least not enough to lift up an ark, he obeyed anyways and he did what he was told to do. Why? Why would he do that? Because he had a real relationship with God. Guys, what's important, I will talk about so many things this year. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to have a fun time doing that. We're going to talk about other things. We're going to talk about missions. We're going to talk about Jesus more. We're going to talk about different stories in the Bible. We're going to talk about life, struggles, good, bad, all that stuff. But what matters the most, and if you don't have it, this is what I want to present to you is a real relationship with God, first and foremost. To love God with all your heart, not a little bit. All of your mind, not just the parts that you want to give to him. All your strength, everything that's within you, that's what a relationship with God should look like. Above all the other things that we're going to worry and obsess over, anxiety and depression and, and all the things that, that we struggle with, maybe it's, the, um, maybe it's the homework we have going on, the job, the guy, the girl, whatever it is that we worry and we obsess over, what is most important that makes all those things so much easier to handle? You are not drowning in the ocean, you are not swimming and struggling, and you're not scared because you have a real relationship with God. I'm going to read this quote to you, and I thought it was really cool, and that's why most of my message changed literally today. It's a quote from one of my classes, because I'm taking classes to be an official licensed pastor, everyone. Woo. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. And then I will not accept uh, Pastor Noodle Sky. I will just accept Pastor <laughs> Regular Sky. Pasta. You can call me Pasta. It's fine. Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this, you guys. It says, people stand between two curbs. Guys, say two curbs. Trying to learn more and trying to behave better. Could you agree with that? It's kind of even in church, you're like, what can I learn? How can I be better? at life, at myself, whatever it is, trying to learn more, trying to be better. Many end up frustrated, confused, and ineffective as a disciple growing in Christ. Wouldn't you say that sometimes when you're trying to learn more and you're trying to behave better and it's just not working out, you're confused? You feel a little bit like you're struggling. You feel frustrated and you feel maybe ineffective, like you're not, you don't have anything to give to God because you're struggling and you're trying to be better, but it's just not happening. You're swimming to a sandbar that is not there. It says, week by week, people like this leave the church knowing what to believe and how to behave. I'm going to read that again. Week by week, people leave the church knowing what to believe and how to behave, but never take the journey into a deeper relationship with the God of the Bible. It's like we struggle with so many little itty-bitty details of how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to do right or wrong. But the thing is, those things would line up if you fully gave yourself over to a real relationship with Jesus Christ. It would. I'm telling you. 
You might have some struggles here and there. The devil might come and try to tempt you away from that, but it becomes so much easier if you are fully surrendered to the Lord and you have a deep relationship with him. He continued on. It says, what they need is to take a center path into loving God and loving others, and that is revealed in the great commandment. So why should you love God? Why should you want a relationship with Jesus? Simply enough, it's what I already said of of him sending down his son to die on a cross for you because that's how much he loved you. We've gone into the fact that he created you. We've gone into the fact that he created this world, that he, he put talents and specific things inside you to further his kingdom here on earth. But he just loves you so much. And wouldn't you want a relationship with somebody who just loves you unconditionally? who chases after you no matter what goes on in your life, no matter what goes on in your heart, wouldn't you want to be in a relationship with someone like that? And wouldn't you want to be faithful in that relationship? There's a lot of unfaithfulness happening in relationships now here in the earth, but God is someone who will never leave you. His word says he will never forsake you no matter what. Wouldn't you want to be in a relationship with somebody like that? Guys, what do I actually have to gain up here by saying this message, by being your youth pastor, by, by talking to you about Jesus every week? I don't make 100K. <laughs> I don't make, and that might even, I don't make the best of money. You guys are smelly sometimes. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you guys. Love you. I do enjoy hanging out with you all. But what do I really have to gain by saying this to you guys up here? Personally, what do I have to gain? No, I don't get more followers on Instagram because of this. I am up here saying this because I fully believe that this is true and that this is what each of you guys need in your lives and this is how you should, should walk, you should live, is in a relationship with Jesus because I've seen what he's done for me in my life. I've seen testimonies of what he's done for other people and I want that for each and every one of you. And that's why I'm up here. I have nothing else to gain but to see each and every one of you live a life that's sold out for Jesus. And that's only a decision that you guys can make. I can be up here preaching to you each and every single Sunday, and I can preach my heart out. I can make funny jokes. I can say boat day. And, and continually and continually it will always still be your decision of whether or not you want to live your life for Jesus or you want to live it for yourself and continue to struggle and keep trying to stay afloat in water that is rising constantly. Guys, it's time to let the flood of God's love wash over you. It's time to fully listen to what the Lord's been saying to each and every one of you tonight, in the past, whatever it is, and it's time for you guys to get on the boat and stay there. <laughs> because from then on, you will see God's promises fulfilled in your life. You will, you will be on dry land. You will not struggle in the same way. You will have challenges because that's life, even as a Christian, but you will know that there's somebody bigger that's on your side. And so that's what I wanted to offer you guys tonight. That's what I wanted to speak to you guys about a clean slate that each and every one of you are offered, a ride on a brand new fresh ark, (laughs) and you guys can choose whether or not to accept that. So if you guys would bow your heads with me, we're going to pray. Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, that you 
just love each and every person in this room so, so, so much. God, that you gave me this word to speak to them, to share with them. And it was from my heart because, God, I've seen sometimes how each student in this room struggles, Lord. And I just see some of the pain. I see some of the the strife that they go through, Lord. And I know what the answer is, Lord. And I know that you wanted me to convey that tonight, Lord. So I pray that even right now where they're sitting, that their hearts may be beating fast because they know that, that you've been speaking to them tonight that you've been saying, get back on the boat. Maybe you haven't even gotten on the boat before. You have not accepted Jesus before in your heart. But he says, tonight's the night. He says, this is the fresh start. This is the clean slate. And it's not a whiteboard that, that has some marker residue left on it. It is completely washed clean. And you can live that way from here on. You don't have to struggle anymore. He says, there is no more struggle. There is no strife in me. So if you're in this room and you just really feel like the Lord's been moving in your heart, that he's been speaking to you, and you want to just fully surrender what you have that you haven't given to God yet, and you want to surrender that and just start your fresh life without the struggle. You're not swimming to an endless, non-existent sandbar, that you are swimming to God, that you are on a boat now. You are safe. You are dry. If you would like to have a relationship with the Lord, the God who loves you, the God who created you, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand where you're sitting right now. Yeah. Guys, tons of hands all over the room. Guys, keep your hands raised. And leaders, I'm going to ask that you just go to the students that have their hands raised. Find a student. Keep your hands raised if you raised your hand that we can come around to you and just begin to pray over you. Begin to speak life over you. Jesus, I thank you so much for each and every one of the students that are in this room, Lord. I thank you, God, that you have called them to a higher place. You have called them to a higher purpose, Lord, that the life that they live before they even stepped into this room, Lord, is going to change from the moment that they leave. God, that their lives will not be the same as much as the enemy wants to tell them that they're going to go back to the way that things were. It's not true. God, I thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for each one of these students, God. And I thank you that with this new life that they're accepting in you, God, that you're going to start revealing that to them. Lord, and I know that there's some accountability in that and that there's some choices that they're going to have to make that are different from the ones that they made yesterday, God. But I pray that you would give them wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would lead them in the way that they should go. God, I pray that that your hand would just be so over them. So in this room, all together, as as we pray this as a family... Repeat after me, say, Jesus, I don't want to be the same as I was yesterday. God, I pray your spirit would lead me and that you would be Lord of my life. God, I pray that I would live a new life in you and that you would wipe my slate clean. God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and help guide me in the way that I should go. God, I proclaim you as Lord of my life. 
from here on until forever. Jesus, I love you. I praise you. In your name, everybody said amen. Amen. Guys, can we give it up for those who accepted Jesus tonight?